Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160, in Earth 1610. I'm Zach, and with me as always is the president of the Peyton Manning fan club, Johnny O. Yeah, what's up? Not I much, like that man. one. Thank you. I've had that in my pocket ever since I started doing these little nicknames for you. Nice. You know, I... Never mind. <laughs> what? I was going to say, you know, I I like realized that I was starting to mature a little bit when I stopped getting into arguments with people about if Peyton Manning was better than Tom Brady. <laughs> True story. Freshman year of college, we had to write uh, a paper that was like an argumentative paper. It was like you had to, you know, take a side between two stances that people would have. Yeah. And the professor specifically said, dear God, do not give me another Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning paper. Oh I've gosh. read too many of those in my life and none of them are any good. And I was, a well, he little... never read one from me because I, I mean, <laughs> I, yeah. were, did, did you give him all the stats? Oh, it's not even about stats. I got an A plus on mine. I obviously did that sub that topic. <laughs> I obviously chose Peyton Manning, and the I remember the note that she wrote when she handed it back said, "Zach, if all of them were like this, then I would have no problem reading a million Tom Brady <laughs> Peyton Manning papers." Oh, it basically came down to my argument was actually not based in stats at all because that's not good for like an English paper. Yeah. Um, okay. I turned it into a narrative. Like Peyton Manning was supposed to be successful. And so when he was, people made less of a deal of it. But Tom Brady was this underdog kid that it was easy to root for. He was the sixth round draft pick. He played like an hour away from Bristol, Connecticut, where ESPN is situated. He was in a bigger market. It was just there there was all these things going for him that made him a more compelling story to follow. And of ah. course, at that point, he hadn't won like his last three Super Bowls. So you could still kind of yeah. make the argument that like, you know, oh, he was just on a good team, right place, yeah. right time. And the rings are just kind of incidental. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, how how long of a tangent do we want to go off on this? <laughs> I think we could do a whole nother podcast where we just break down like the Peyton Manning years of the Colts. Like instead of reading an issue every day, we go back and watch a game. Easily. That would be fun to do, to watch it, watch an important game and then break it down. Um, I I watched the, uh, I watched the, uh, the AFC championship game every year against the Patriots. Um, I, I don't do it every year. My cat Omaha is her oh, yeah. birthday is January twenty first. You have said that before. I don't watch it every year, but I've seen that game at least nine or ten times. Oh man, at Marlon Jackson might, version of it. Marlon Jackson might be coming to St. Pius here um, pretty soon because we're doing this like toy drive, and it's for Marlon Jackson's like charity that he puts on. For our listeners that don't, that aren't up to date with Colts history from two, the early 2000s, Marlon Jackson's the guy that made the interception to get the Colts to the Super Bowl. It's like the most famous Colts call. I'd, I'm sure you think of like Bob Lamy's 
Yeah, called. Marlon's got and, it. We're going to the yeah, Super Bowl. Of course. Okay. Iconic. Um, iconic. Uh, and yeah, I think he might be coming like himself to pick up all the toys when when it's ready. So if we are, I mean, dude, I'm like gonna. I don't. I don't know what I'm gonna do. This is. I have to this, talk to him. This is not a shot at Marlon Jackson. I'm not saying he's like, you know, a nobody or something. But it will be funny because I can already tell John will be the most excited person there and possibly the only person who actually ever saw him play. Because as we've established, these students were born in 2010. The kids won't even know who this guy is. Let me, let me, I got to get up and I've got to, I got to move something. But then I'm going to turn my camera and I'll show Zach something that I've got here. All right. So. Turning this around, that's the that's yep. the indie star article because that picture of him holding the ball was was on the home for the front page, and I don't know if you can tell it, but that is autographed by Marlon Jackson. Also, oh, that is cool. My yeah. buddy Austin, he was the best man at my wedding. Um, has that same paper framed at his house. Oh yeah, I um, wish I was, was smart enough to hold on to it, but I was too busy being ten. Well. That was I don't I didn't hang on. Yeah, my parents kept that and or something. I don't know. I'm certainly not the one who hung <laughs> onto that newspaper. Yeah. Um yeah. But it'll be fun. I've met Marlon Jackson once before and uh I I told him thanks for making that that catch. <laughs> and he was like, No problem. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've met him too. But really? I've met like Seems so like many of, I've met so many of those guys from like that era i kind of forget really yeah oh that's awesome because i used to go to um my dad would take me to training camp as a kid and like if you're a a a cute little kid at the front of the ticker line and you've got a ball for them to sign like they all will come up to you yeah oh man that's awesome we could we could talk about the glory days for hours (laughs) You know, I'm sure by the time this podcast is over, not like this episode, but the whole thing, we probably will have talked four hours just in probably. little segments. I'm sure we've, I'm sure we've, we've talked about <laughs> the, the Peyton Manning years before. We have, and I think it's so funny that most of our listeners are not from Indiana, which is good. It's not like we're telling our friends and coworkers, and they're listening out of pity. yeah. Like we, we have Spider Man yeah, fans. They we know. We've too. told them before. <laughs> Right. They were there. Yeah. These guys um, need to know the history. It's important stuff. If I'm president of the Peyton Manning fan club, then, you know, I'm going to have to talk about it. And I bestow that title to you as like a sign of respect and honor because I freaking love Peyton Manning. Do you know how hard it is for me not to appoint myself the president of his <laughs> fan club? But I just know objectively you like him more than I do. Oh. Thanks. I did name my cat after him. Yeah, that was the deciding factor. But so did but so did my brother, to be fair. Oh, for real? Yeah, my my brother and his wife's name uh was actually it's actually my wife's cat, but I'm I'm pretty sure my brother helped name it. Um but it's or my wife. It's my brother's wife's cat. So my sister in law. But their his name is Peyton. And and he unfortunately passed away, so his name was Peyton, but did Peyton and Omaha ever meet? They didn't. That would have been quite a quite a team. Yeah, I'm sure they would have hated it. Cats. Yeah, don't no, they would have hated each don't other. Don't usually like meeting, but the the adults would have found it funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
we got all the way off the tracks. Do we want to talk but, Spider-Man? But, but you know what? It's still only eight minutes. So I think if you so I think if you did have something else you wanted to bring up before we we got into it, we're not totally out of time yet. Uh, but I don't have some, anything yet. So yeah, I've got some stuff for the end. Okay, let's throw it over to the Better Business Bureau and then get into these issues. Every business says they're better, but the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at bbb.org. And we're back. So, uh... I've got issue 76. John's going to be doing we're 77. F- and we're finishing up the Hobgoblin run. Yes. We've we've made it to these last two issues without actually seeing the Hobgoblin. So hopefully yep, he appears now. Um, this is the regular starting five. Bendis, Bagley, Iliopolis, J.D. Smith, Scott Hanna. Okay, so bef- before we even start this, I can't believe it. we haven't looked this up yet, but... S- do- did these did these issues come out? I'm all fingers and thumbs today, Zach. I feel like I can't get my words straight. <laughs> um, did these issues come out before Spider-Man three? Do you think, or after Spider-Man three? Uh, definitely before. What is this? I think this is like 2005. Definitely before. Okay, yeah, Spider-Man three was 2007. So yeah. Okay, you're right. But this is not the first run that has had Harry Osborn as the Hobgoblin. Is he the Hobgoblin like a lot, or is this the first time he was he was like the new Goblin? Because in Spider Man Three, he's not the Hobgoblin. He's right. the Goblin. I think this is the first time he's the Hobgoblin. I think he's been the Green, the second Green Goblin before. Oh, really? Let me, okay, let well, me that's- do some research. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look this list up also and see. Oh, because other characters were the Hobgoblin. Yeah. I don't think he is. This is not the first run where, where he's been the Hobgoblin. He's been the Harry? Hobgoblin before. Yeah. I think. In oh, wait. 616? I think. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Zach. You know, I'm not the comic Spider-Man expert on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's been the Green Goblin. Um, yeah. Wow, well, very cool. But do they ever even, like, call him the Hobgoblin in this? I guess I guess the title of the issues. So I mean, we yeah, we haven't seen him goblined out yet, so I don't think anyone's had the chance. Yeah. He hasn't been gobbling up anything. Not even on Thanksgiving. Nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I'm getting us back on track. We are. We're very distractible today. Um. So we open on Peter standing in front of a giant flaming brown goblin that is Harry Osborn, because he was kind of changing at the end of the last issue, but we didn't get to see what he changed into. I think I'd call him more orange than brown. 
You think just so? If I'm trying, just if I'm trying to paint a picture for the listeners. I mean, he's, he's orange. He's brown. like he's like caramel. Yeah. Um. And Peter tries to wrap Harry up in his webbing while he thinks about how much he hates Norman for doing this to his own son. And Harry easily rips his way out of the webbing. And Harry, Peter asks Harry how this happened, but Harry doesn't answer, and they just keep fighting. That's going to be the recurring theme in this issue, is they're just fighting. Yeah, Zach gets the easy ones. And as oh, they they're fight, fighting for 20 pages. <laughs> uh, the two tear through the walls and windows of the building, and Peter wonders why Harry would want to fight him. Um, and Harry catches Peter's fist it, so hard it hurts him. And then throws Peter by his fist into a nearby building and Peter falls to the street below. And a man gets out of his car to check on Spider-Man and asks him, what happened? You run out of webs? And I think and that's funny. That That's just something this man knows can happen. That That is that is funny. And in the panel before that, he's like falling out of the sky and he puts a bunch of web down on a car to like trampoline himself as he falls, which yeah, I he, thought was kind of funny. He makes like a web cushion. Yeah. Um, I feel like it should be sticky. If anything, I feel like then he should be like stuck to the car, but whatever. Huh? Uh, yeah, that's true. And, uh, the cars behind them in the street start to blow up as Harry rampages through them. And Peter thinks to himself, he's not a villain. He's not his father. He's hurting. He's just a guy like me. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. I just want things to go back to the way they used to be. And, John, I think we got him here. I I'm going to see if you noticed what I noticed. Oh, but we my gosh. What did I miss? Huh. We cut back to Midtown High School, where a teacher notices Peter and MJ aren't in their seats. And he says... Whatever they're doing, I hope it's worth the detention they're both going to get. And then we go back to the fight. Did you notice it? No. What? All the fight scenes take place at night. The sky is dark. The oh. moon is out. <laughs> but then the teacher back at Midtown is just waiting on them to get back to class. What? Zach, the moon is out in the first panel. In the first, in the first page of the comic, the moon is out. <laughs> and it's like so bright. It's like a, a full moon. Gosh, I, you know, so, something did when we cut back to the school when I was reading this. I was like, what happened? Is this like this? Is this the next day? day? What? Yeah. And. And it did feel weird, and then and and that's why because it's nighttime. It's so strange, and we don't need that bit of dialogue at all. We don't need to know that. Like, I mean, we it's kind of comes back later that Mary Jane is still out of her seat, but it's just so weird. And the only even somewhat main character really that's weird. there to react to it is Liz Allen. Looks sad, like for no yeah. reason. Like, yeah, I, I guess because her friend's going to get a detention. Bit. Yeah, I thought that little bit also was just like, what, what are we supposed to like? Yeah, we, we get it. Peter's not in school. I, I did kind of think like, 
oh, MJ's not there also. But I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, she's probably like with watching Peter or something or going to Peter, you know, or something or other. But Which but we could have assumed later. that that would, yeah. But we could have assumed she was like doing that without needing to see that she was out of school. I actually initially thought that because there's two desks, I thought they were going to be like, oh, Peter, where's Peter and Harry? Because Harry goes to that school now also. Yeah, that's there could have been three decks, desks. There should, that there were should empty. have been three desks. Yeah, because as we know, all these it, it's a big school, but all the main kids are always in the same classes and they're always sitting and, right next to each other. That's what I was about to say. They all it goes Kong, Flash, Liz, MJ, Peter, and Harry all within the six desk radius. And when Gwen was alive. Peter was splitting and, yeah. down the middle between her and, and MJ. Yeah. All in every class. Yeah. All they the, all the teachers, <laughs> you know, that is kind of something that, that would be funny. Like as a teacher talking in the teacher's lounge, like we, we kind of know which kids are, you know, I'm using quotes, but like dating, it's like seventh and eighth grade. Right. So dating is like, not you know, but we know which kids are like dating each other and which kids are fighting and, and, and lovers triangles. And it would be funny to put like a boy in the middle of like his, his ex and his current girlfriend, just to laugh about it. Like you're evil in the, in the teacher's lounge. Yeah. Oh, the man. girl that lives at his house and his girlfriend who feels weird about that. <laughs> Hey, I, I, I know MJ's been feeling really jealous. So let's put Peter sitting right in the middle of him, or or let's put Peter and Gwen together, and let's put MJ on the opposite side of the room and just really see what happens here. Just winks at the TA. Hey, watch this. Yeah, <laughs> Peter, Gwen, why don't you guys partner up? Okay, you guys do this together. <laughs> Flash here with MJ. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, really, if they wanted drama, they would put Kong with Gwen. Yeah, that, that, they'd be like, hey, remember when this girl was here like two days and pulled a knife on this guy? Let's let's put them in a science experiment together. Give them let's, an exacto knife. <laughs> let's make them be parents for an with over of an egg for a weekend. <laughs> oh man, that makes me want to that makes me want to do stuff like that at school. <laughs> Um, anyways, back at the fight, uh, Peter jokes that with anyone else, he'd have to tell them that they need to pay for all this damage. But the thing about Harry is he actually can pay for all of it. And he says, Harry, I can help you. I really can. I'm not just saying that we're friends. Just power down and talk to me. And Harry doesn't say anything and just throws a fireball at Peter. And Peter begs him to stop and says, if he can't, the cops or the Ultimates are going to come and kill him. Are these the same powers that, that the Green Goblin had? Like, could the Green Goblin just, like, throw fireballs and, and just big and strong? Or Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's, like, exactly the same. He just doesn't look just as green. cool. Yeah. Which well, one doesn't look as cool? This one, I, I don't think. The Green okay. Goblin has an intimidating face. He kind of looks like... I don't know. A puppy. Well, this dude, this dude kind of looks like, um, isn't the abomination like kind of supposed to look like this where he's got like gills on him and and stuff. And this looks like Harry does kind of have like, he looks like a gargoyle version of that. 
he looks like the MCU abomination. <laughs> yeah, which everyone loved. Yeah, uh, big hit when it came back in She Hulk. That you know, and that show was yeah. like so well received on its own. Like, yeah. Um, and as Peter is talking to Harry, Harry's imaginary toxic friend Shaw is also giving him advice. And Shaw says, this ends one way. You know what you have to do. Do it. And Harry tries to attack Peter again by knocking over a streetlight. And Peter is asking the the right questions. He wonders to himself how Nick Fury was dumb enough to let Harry back into (laughs) society. And honestly, I'm I'm wondering the same thing. Oh, man. I what did I (laughs) what did I type here? I I definitely said. I definitely said something there where I'm like, Peter finally, yeah, if Peter finally catches on that Fury is a dumbass. <laughs> um, took him long enough. Uh, and just then, Mary Jane comes up out of the subway and into the middle of the fight. And she sees Harry smash Peter through a car and yells out to Peter. And both Peter and Harry kind of stop and look up and see her. And. Uh, Shaw says, there, that'll do it. Go. So apparently Shaw's goal is just to piss off Peter or something. Like, he just sees MJ and is like, attack. And uh, at the moment, we don't we don't really know what Shaw's goal is. But but to me, it seemed like just the classic, like, he just wants to hurt Spider-Man as much as possible. So yes. now that he's seen MJ, it's like, that's the that's it you know yeah um so harry leaves peter in the crushed car and charges at mj and right before he can touch her peter catches him with a web and flips harry over himself and onto the ground away from mj and he then swings mj onto a nearby rooftop and yells at her to ask what she's doing there and she starts to say that she came to confront harry and peter screams I told you to stay away from him. And Peter yells Dude, at her to go. He's he's in the right. I'm not I'm I'm done having this situation where sometimes we get mad about Peter overreacting. This is absurd behavior by her, okay? <laughs> like I'm not defending her right now. I think when you said Peter yells, that's like a negative connotation. I think what what okay. I what I wrote later in danger what I wrote time. later yes. on was Peter loudly articulates. <laughs> okay, okay, John's right. In this instance, the woman is stupid and wrong. <laughs> okay, I didn't say that, but I know that's <laughs> that's what you think about women. So, <laughs> no, man, I'm putting this on you. Yeah. Um. Okay, he does yell at her. She is stupid to come down there. Both are, she's both like, are right. It's not even, she's not even like, she's not even like, I came down to check on you. I came down to, to yeah. I was worried about you. She goes, I came to confront Harry about this, like, what, lo- but we know she's yeah. going to say, like, about, he's, she's like, I, w-, and then she says, I wanted to see 
who was lying to me about, and she still doesn't get to finish her thought. So she wanted to come and confront Harry about lying about Peter killing, killing Norman, which is such yes. a silly thing to do. That's so like, Zach, it's like, you know, she was dating Harry and this is like behavior that I would expect out of someone who like still has a crush on that person. And she like is finding excuses to go and talk to him. You know, that's interesting. My read on it is if he lied to you about something as big as your current boyfriend killing his dad, what makes you think another conversation is going to fix anything? He's just going to lie to you again. And she doesn't even say I came to confront Harry about lying. She says I came to confront Harry about who was lying to me. That's also an absurd way of phrasing that to Peter, who has been telling you for so long to stop going and talking to this guy. And that of course he didn't kill this person. And you know, it's just like, I don't know. She's like, I'm doing my own research. Yeah. She's just not, she's just not being very like, um, like trusting of Peter right now. Or like, she's not really respecting his like decision-making ability at all. Or being aware of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's brought up the fact the last time, like you got too close to this family, you got thrown off a bridge and almost killed. Maybe let me handle this one. And she's still like, well, <laughs> just one conversation won't hurt. And she showed up for one second and a giant goblin maniac was like a millisecond away from just crushing her. Yeah. In her defense, she had no idea that was going to happen, but still like nothing good was, was going to happen either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like hang- going and trying to talk to the Osborns is the only situation where a big goblin creature has attacked you before. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you just didn't want to be in that situation, avoiding the Osborns is probably a safe bet. If she had a nickel for every time that's happened, she'd have two <laughs> nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Peter yells at her to go into this building and hide and then turns around to find Harry has already climbed onto the roof with them. And he tackles him, sending both of them over the edge. And Harry tackles Harry, sending both of them over the edge. Yeah, yeah. Um, Peter tackles him and Harry cracks the sidewalk below while Peter kind of slows his fall by catching a street lamp on his way down. And before Harry can even stand back up, Peter just starts hitting on him relentlessly. And we get the sense that he's not holding back and his punches are actually doing a lot of damage. I love this. Like the art, I can't explain it, but it just conveys so much like power to these hits. And we've seen Spider-Man punch people a million times before, but these feel like you can tell he's like leaning into them. Um, Yeah. And he keeps yelling, stay down. Why is this happening? Why? Why? And Harry mutters, do it. Kill me. And we see Peter with his fist raised and the issue ends. And the goblin creature looks like kind of like scared and sad. You know, he looks, I think he looks pathetic. Yeah. Wow. Like he, he's he's about done, though. Okay, so this 
brings up a lot of questions about how in control Harry is. Okay. Yeah, because now he can talk. Earlier, it seemed like he maybe couldn't talk. Or he was just choosing not to. It seems like now he was choosing not to. Yeah. Um, because then we kind of also have to ask, would he really have killed Mary Jane if he got to her just to antagonize Peter enough to kill him? Because that seems to be the the goal here after, you know, these last couple panels as he wants Spider-Man to kill him. So his mental state right now is kind of a mystery. I know you famously hated the circles issue back when we were figuring Norman out, (laughs) but I feel like that gave us a sense of how jumbled his thoughts were, how incoherent his goals were, the way he was thinking it, it would have explained behavior like this and made us actually think, Oh yeah, that's why Harry is capable of killing MJ. We we just don't get that in these yeah. issues Instead, to show we us just get like Yeah. We get just a guy sorry. whispering in his ear who's not there. That's exact yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. We just get like Shaw saying like a a half sentence or two at a time, you know. And it's always cryptic and we never know what it's really referring to. It feels like something he could break through if he really tried. Whereas Norman in the circles issue seemed like a fundamentally broken man. Like his psyche was just gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, this seems like, and I think it seems like it in the next issue we're about to read also that this is effectively just Harry inside. Like he, he comprehends the situation. He just wants to die. Yeah. He, Um, he, he understands it well enough like he's in control enough i think there's some influence but his choices are still his own yeah yeah shaw is still like in there kind of messing like an evil version or something i don't really know but it's like the devil on his shoulder yeah um so what'd you think um i it was a fast read i gave it three out of five minutes it took to take notes on this wow (laughs) that is a fast read um that like i said i think it has some i i would have liked them to have done more like it seems like the scene at the school was just to meet page length like they were kind of didn't know what to say some of the fight pages were kind of unnecessary i would have liked more of a look into harry's motivations and stuff everyone's yeah trying to play harry and then all of a sudden we we get issues where Harry is playing Peter and MJ and we still don't really understand why. Is it because of what his okay. dad did to him or does he have his own reasons? Um yeah, I I think you hit the nail on the head because one thing I wrote was a lot of this issue is spent with Peter just being like why is this happening? Like I don't understand this like and it's it's like we don't really either. So it would be nice to get some clarification on this kind of stuff. And instead they just kind of punch each other for a while. Like I I was expecting at some point we would get some sort of villain monologue or or a flashback or something that explains 
why this is all happening to Harry, you know, apart from like he was just in the lab when the explosion went off. So I guess he's a goblin too now, you know. This, I'm realizing this would have been the perfect issue. We've been in Peter's head enough, and the things he says in this issue, he's thinking to himself, and it's exactly what we would have expected him to think. This would have been the perfect issue to make Harry the point of view character and yeah. like make us sympathize with the villain for once. You know, we've had enough time with Beowulf. Give us Grendel now. You know, let us see the perspective of this villain so we can understand them. So when we go back to the hero's perspective in the next issue, we understand the conflict. Yeah. And that that would be a really good like little. Uh, um, I can't think of the word, but like a, a similar to what we got with the Norman, you know, when he was the Green Goblin. So it'd kind of be a nice little thing where, you know, we we got like an issue like being inside his head. And now, you know, a hundred issues later, we're we're inside like Harry's head in the similar situation. For sure. It would have been fun, but far be it from us to tell BMB how to do his job. (laughs) Um, Well, I gave this the same exact percentage as you. I gave it six out of ten web trampolines. But but that that does reduce to three out of five minutes taking notes gotcha okay uh you got anything else i'm done with this episode this issue um nope i'm done with it okay issue 77 hobgoblin part six same creative team uh that we've been with so the hobgoblin is uh asking peter to kill him peter's like on top of him just right where we left off and he's managing to mumble the words Please, Peter, you have to. And Peter tells Harry to please let him help. And Harry, who's in Hobgoblin form, but I'm probably just going to call him Harry the whole reading. um, He begins to cry. And we see Shaw telling Harry that Peter is going to that Peter is not going to kill him. He's not a killer. And only his father can end this. And he needs to go find his father. So that's pretty, like, good clarification on what their plan is, which which does seem to be, let's just make Peter mad enough that he kills us, and 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 since he's not going to do that now, now we need to go find Norman because Norman will kill Harry. I guess is is the thought process. I just don't buy that. I, I it's like explicitly said. (laughs) I know, I know it's said here. I'm saying when we saw Harry first come back to the city, it's he didn't seem suicidal. He seemed like no, this he doesn't had, make sense at all. He had plans, you know. He had like machinations in the works. Uh, yeah, he, is, he are, didn't are even really let supposed- his he didn't even let his grandfather sell some land that had been the lab that burned down. And he said, why? We're going to get a good price for it. And he said, because it's mine. Like, he seemed like he wanted to run things, not like he was going to try and kill himself via Spider-Man. Yeah. And, and even when he calls Harry and he's or he calls Peter a couple of issues back and he's like, I need a favor, you know, a favor for a favor or whatever he said, bring the suit. 
was his plan was was the favor he was really thinking like I'm gonna get Peter here, then I'm gonna transform into the goblin. Also, Peter will kill me. Was that really like what we're supposed to believe he his like goal was over the last four issues? It feels like either there. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Or the plan changed. You know, for a while I thought it was he wants to free Norman. Yeah. I, I could under that's what it should have been. I mean, right? Because that's what it seemed like Shaw's plan was also. Shaw wanted him to to go get Norman. And then and and maybe what they're trying to go for here is like well now that Harry has turned into this goblin, he's like so overcome with like how horrible he is that he just wants to die. But that's not what's happening either, because we can see like his psyche as Shaw, and this is clearly what Shaw's plan we're supposed to think has like been the whole time, you know, because this seems to be like going to plan for them. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. It's not really that that great. Would have been better if he was trying to get his dad out. Not gonna lie, this this arc had a lot of potential. And it feels like they left a lot of it on the table. Yeah. Um, so. And unfortunately, that's like what this whole issue is about. It's like Harry's like trying to die. Oh, <laughs> uh, not unfortunately. I don't think it's a bad issue or anything. But so. So Harry begins to cry and, and Shaw tells Harry that Peter's not going to kill him. Only his father will kill him. <laughs> And Peter tells Harry, were you about to say something? Did your parents ever say I brought you into this world and I can take you out? If they did, they were probably quoting the Cosby show because that's from the Cosby show back. And that's like a very famous like line. I didn't know that, but that that's just all I thought of. Like, oh, your dad, yeah. go to Norman. He brought you into this world. He can take you out. I- yeah, I I won't go so far as to say that's like the first time that phrase was ever spoken. But when I hear that phrase, I can still like picture the scene of like Bill Cosby like saying that to Theo. You didn't watch the Cosby Show? He was probably already I, a bad guy before you. When when you finally got old enough to watch the Cosby Show, um, I never watched the show, but I I watched his stand up. Obviously, when I was young, and you know, he was like the good role model comedian that you were told to listen to as a kid (laughs) crazy do do you do you remember this you can cut all this if you want but do you remember a bit he would do where he was like at the dentist and like couldn't talk or oh of course the dentist is trying to have a conversation with him that's like that's like probably one of the first stand-up bits i ever saw because i remember my parents being like you guys have to watch this. It's the funniest it, thing we've like, ever seen. It was so funny. I had that yeah. whole, I don't know how you call it, if it's like a stand-up comedy set, I a, guess, a that, that album. Yeah. Not, though the bit would be like the track, like that yeah, specific song or whatever. Okay. I had the whole album on my iPod. That's awesome. He's a it's good a guy. It's a shame. So. <laughs> Wonder what he's up to these days. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um, so Peter reaches out his arm because Peter's still like, I, I, I want to help you. And Peter reaches out his arm 
and Terry grabs it and and Peter's spider senses start going wild and Harry just grabs er, Peter and chucks him away kind of right as the police show up and the police begin to open fire on Harry but the bullets do nothing and Shaw you know we see sometimes we get like shots of like Shaw talking to him and Shaw says they're gonna have to do more and then Harry yells do more and he blows up a bunch of cars and so Peter swings back into the fight and kicks Harry before Shaw says Harold look and he tilts his head towards the skyline and says, that will do it. And um, even as I read that, I can't quite remember what he's even like referring to. <laughs> the Triskelion uh, is like on the horizon. Oh, is that is that what he's is that what he's looking at? OK, we do. We do then cut to the Triskelion. Um Gosh, I don't I don't remember how these uh st- how these how these stories interconnect. Sometimes I like reading my notes. I'm like, oh yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> so at the Triskelion, Nick Fury is being interviewed about his superhero team. And the lady's like, Man, these uh your heroes seem to cause a lot more problems than they solve. And it's great that everyone in universe is starting to see nick fury for who he is which is a total incompetence and tax uh, dollars hard at work yeah yeah and iron man flies away from the headquarters because uh the news he he sees on the news like spider-man and the green goblin are fighting or is that even where he flies to or does he just like fly away it's weird. This, he was flying I mean. away it before. Was we see Fury find out about the Hobgoblin situation, and Iron Man was already in the air before that. So yeah, I think he what, was just what I, what I actually flying thought, around. The reason I like couldn't quite remember this was because Shaw is like Harold, look, and they look into the distance, and like the very next shot, you know is of the Triskelion and Iron Man like flying away from it. So I thought we were about to cut back and Iron Man was going to be like joining the fight. And this continues a long history of me thinking cool characters are going to show up in these issues that don't end up showing up and doing anything. (laughs) Because it's kind of a letdown when Iron Man is flying towards the battle and you don't see him again. I don't understand the point. Flies past the battle and he's like, sorry, I've got a pretty lady with drinks that's waiting on me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's just flying past Manhattan into like whatever city's past it for a date. (laughs) He's like, I'll deal with this tomorrow. (laughs) Um, So the the news lady's like oh there's a breaking story spider and spider-man and hobgoblin are in a big fight and fury immediately is like gosh darn it it's it's harry osborne (laughs) somebody call the agent that was supposed to be surveilling harry and then we immediately get like a smash cut to like an agent underneath the earth with like his arm and his phone out showing and and i actually thought that was kind of funny zach you know um, Fury is one hundred percent responsible for this, and he immediately is like, 
where's that underling that I I instructed to do something that he can't possibly <laughs> handle? It's like yeah. he does not have the buck stops here mentality. <laughs> he he'll like smash cut. Yeah. No, he, going, he'll sorry. give a terrible order and then look to punish the person who followed it through. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what's about to happen. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it is he's where where is the surveillance agent? Someone call him smash cut to the agent is dead under underneath rubble. <laughs> smash Actually, cut immediately back to Fury, and now he's blaming somebody else for the situation. <laughs> Actually, scratch that. Call that agent's family. <laughs> so Fury can't yell at the agent because he's dead. So he starts berating the doctor who checked on Harry, and he's like you told me that the, that he was fine and there was no goblin in him and blah, 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 blah. This is all, all your fault. And uh, and then Fury's like, all right, call in the Hulkbusters. And he like puts on this cool Iron Man suit. And, and dude, I just like can't stand him in this couple of scenes. Like, I I just can't stand his like cool guy attitude that whatever he's doing is like the coolest thing in the world. Like, it reminds me of, um, <laughs> it reminds me of Terrence Howard in the first Iron Man, or, or even Rhodey in the second Iron Man, when, when, when he find when he's like, next time, and then in the second Iron Man, when Rhodey, like, throws on the suit, and he, like, thinks he's, like, a big, cool, tough guy now, and it's like, okay, man, like, chill, you know, you're Nick Fury, you don't go into the fights, Okay. But I, I don't just, know. What do you think? I like the Nick Fury bits because, I mean, I don't think I came in like you did necessarily to this series with like the rose colored glasses where it's like, oh, yeah, Nick Fury. He's awesome. He just runs shit. He's like there, a strategic well, mind. Well, I he knew that in he's a MCU. <laughs> Right. <laughs> when you just accept that it's funny every time he f***ed up. Yeah. You enjoy it so much more. Oh my gosh, what was I just thinking of? Oh, I know we're probably going to talk about Doctor Who in a little bit, but but there's a big secret organization called Unit in Doctor Who, and they are kind of like S.H.I.E.L.D., where they always seem to have the best of intentions, even though maybe they're a little, like, over-controlling, but they're just, like, incompetent, like, always, you know? They just can't do anything right. I mean, you kind but, of have but they're to have a secret that. organization that like runs the world, you know, right? You kind of have to have that for stories like this, where the Doctor is the main character or Spider Man is the main character, because if the uber powerful agency actually does their job, then there's no need for like yeah. an individual yes. protagonist. Yeah. Um. So Fury puts on this uh, this cool little suit that apparently is is codenamed Hulkbuster. And that's like a group of people that are all wearing these like special Iron Man suits. They're called like a Hulkbuster crew. It's like the SWAT team. Yeah. So um, Fury and the other agents show up and Fury tells Harry that this is for taking down the Hulk and you are no Hulk. And Harry says, thank you. And the agents just begin to rain fire on him. And Peter tries to talk sense into both Fury and Harry. He's kind of like yelling to to Fury that Harry needs help and he's sick. 
And then he's like yelling to Harry to like that he can help him. But Harry just knocks Peter away and um, the Hulkbuster team begins like spraying him with even more bullets until finally he turns back into Harry Osborn burning and almost dead on the ground. And S.H.I.E.L.D. begins like calling in people to start cleaning up the messes. And Peter goes over to Fury and starts yelling at him. He's like, why did... This is so funny. Nick Fury's such a goober, dude. (laughs) He's like, why did this happen? You were supposed to help him. Why is he begging me to kill him? And Fury, exact quote, he goes, why is the sky blue, kid? I don't know. (laughs) And it's like... It's your job to know everything. You should know this. You should know why all this happened. Second of all, it's not that complicated why the sky's blue. It's because there's so much water on the ground and it's reflecting up from the light. That's like, maybe not everyone knows that, Zach. Like, I don't know, but, but it's not really complicated science. So Fury should know these types of things. What I'm saying is that's a really stupid thing to respond when you get asked asked a question that is your fault. Right. That's like um, causing an accident <laughs> and being like, why'd you turn into my lane? I don't know. Why is the sky blue? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, what does that have to do with, the, with what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah. Releasing Harry Osborne into society isn't like just the natural order of things playing out. It's like <laughs> you making a bad call specifically. Yeah. yeah. So he even told Peter the place he was at in Colorado was pretty nice. Like it didn't seem like it was bothering him being out there. He, yeah, he didn't need to be released at all. This is it's so ridiculous, and and yeah, that's that's really what it is. It's that he's that he's like, what do you mean? Why did this happen? Sometimes things just happen. <laughs> They're not explainable, they kid. <laughs> but they can't be my fault. <laughs> yeah no one has ever taken less accountability than nick fury <laughs> um but fury uh fury does order a team to go and check out norman osborne's penthouse and then he has this big smug moment where he's like and you know what guys we're gonna cooperate with the local local and state police okay no cover up this time Let's let's really tell him what happened. And it's just so it's just it's just so something about it is just so terrible. And uh, I'm not the only one that feels that way, because on the next page, we get an awesome picture of Peter just cold clocking Nick Fury. And and I loved it. I knocked did. his eye patch off, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He did. Yeah. Um. And uh, Peter gets shot with some electrical thing, and uh, Fury's like, "Okay, hold, you know, stop, stop shooting." But then he's he's really angry at Spider Man. He's like, "You go home." And Spider Man gives him a look, and he's like, "Go home." And Fury tells the team to keep Harry alive and begin studying him. He wants the Oz formula in time for his birthday. And once they crack that code, he says. I think it's time for Peter Parker to say goodbye to those spider powers. And he's just like a a villain now, huh? I mean, there's like little (laughs) redeeming qualities about him. 
I mean, he's always represented the military industrial complex. Like if you thought yeah, he was going to be yeah. a good guy at a certain point, it's because he's oddly enough, a good today, guy in the MCU. Well, I was going to say, um, Henry Kissinger just died today. He's like Henry Kissinger, oh, but he? like with swag. Well, I know everyone has their thoughts about Henry Kissinger. And I know I've heard he's a really terrible guy. <laughs> he's kind of racist. But I know also a lot of people like him. And I don't know enough to say either way. So there's your there's your both sides on that one, Zach. He's he's pretty he, like I bet he has a greater death toll than like any one particular U.S. president. You know how they say like yeah. every president is like a war criminal, like a little bit, like maybe they yeah. just dabble in it. He's like the guy who told Nixon how to be a better war criminal. Wow. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Really decorated. He won the Nobel yeah. Peace Prize for for being a good enough war criminal. And it sounds like it was well earned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, I wouldn't have known he died if you didn't say anything. So, and, and it doesn't change my life at all. Really? So there you go. Twitter is no, doing, I don't, a, I, doing yeah, a little dude, victory I'm, dance. I, 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 uh, not to, not to get on a high horse here about deleting social media, but I, but I, I haven't had Twitter or Facebook in forever. I, I actually do still have a Twitter that I put in like my fantasy football players when I need to know what's going on injury wise with them. <laughs> um, but that's the only time I use it. And I don't know anything. It takes me like a week to find stuff out. Like I didn't know Bobby Knight died for like four days. And I didn't know Matthew Perry died for like two days. And 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 I don't even know how long. And you know what, Zach? It's awesome. I actually commend you for that. And like I've been thinking about it for a while. And I just I never can get myself to pull the trigger. And I really wish I could because I, I know I'd be happier for it. Yeah. Well, the the key is I did have to re-download it when fantasy football started because I tried to go without it and I'm like, I don't know how how who what the inj- what are the injury updates on these guys? Is this guy practicing or not? Like right. so so the key is you give yourself a little bit of that dopamine from from scrolling Twitter and and that's it. So it's only for football now. Well, there you go. There you go. R.I.P. Henry Kissinger. <laughs> but not really. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So where are we here? So Harry's burning almost dead to the ground. Oh, yeah. Peter just punched Fury and it was awesome. So Peter shows up at MJ's and he begins to loudly articulate to her as he has done so many times before that he told her to stay away from Harry and she actively ignored him and he can't protect her if she doesn't listen to him and he can't have her or anyone else any friends in his life because they all either end up dead or in some weird experiment where they're goblin creatures and mj begins to cry as peter walks away but gosh this was just like such a awesome page i know for a fact that zach just like loved this um and i did too but as peter's walking away mj like comes and hugs him from behind and there's this awesome it's like it's such a cute moment peter like turns turns around and like hugs her back and they're 
and they're sort of crying together and we get like this like smile from mj only for peter to then like push her away and walk away leaving mj just standing by herself crying and gosh man that was a real roller coaster of a last page because i was like oh my gosh that's so awesome they're not gonna do this like big fight like you know mj's just gonna like actually like grab him and and you know uh and then and then turns out they are doing this big fight but um, shout out to mark bagley because all those best panels are silent ones there's no words but we we fully understand what's happening and yeah you're right i do love the i think my favorite panel in the entire issue is that one where he she he's like trying to break up with her he's basically saying i need to break up with you and not talk to you and not have anyone close to me and she's like gotten him to hug her and you see her smile and you can just tell she's thinking oh good you know he understands that was kind of crazy talk he's hurting we're still going out you know i'm still in his life and then the very next page he's like nope (sighs) it's a tough one and do you see what it says in the corner wrong next issue dumped boom oh my gosh no he's not in the wrong at all zach and i won't have you tell me that he is okay He's in the wrong in the sense that he's like, <laughs> I, I won't have it. <laughs> I need to be a hermit. I want to live away from everyone. No one can be close to me. I understand like his recent experiences are Gwen nightmare and now Eddie's uncle Ben. Well, I'm saying like the last Eddie, tw- the Harry? last three arcs like Gwen died. And then we did the little Wolverine thing that doesn't matter. And then, nightmare convinced him mary jane was gonna die and then now he just got back from this hairy thing but it still seems Uh, like an overreaction to me like sure dump mj if you need to but don't give this speech about how like when i grow up i'm gonna live alone you hear me i'm living alone (laughs) i'm living shout out to heaven is that is that yeah i'm alone yeah I butchered it. He says, "When I grow up and get married, I'm living alone." That's the part that makes it funny. But, but, but he's not wrong that like everyone around him keeps getting hurt from his like Spider-Man stuff. Like he's just not very good at this, you know. And it's not his fault because his the people close to him also don't listen to him at all. Hey, baby Billy, what's up? He's getting big. Yeah, just hopped up on the back of my chair here out of nowhere. Yep. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So. <laughs> anyway, she she's got to listen to him. She, these these people, you know, she wouldn't be in that much danger if she just listened to him. But you don't see. Who who are other people? You don't see Pepper Potts running into danger every time Iron Man is doing something. You know, or like I know, I know she did a couple times, but or, it doesn't or help like, your point. So ignore that. I know, and I guess, and I guess Peggy Carter would also run into danger with Captain America, but she was also a, a Shield agent. So you know, this is what makes the love interest interesting characters. <laughs> like, yeah, in real life, do we want them to be safe? Sure, but it's fiction. It's fun that he just like Mary Jane can't 
resist the urge to try and help, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I hope these two kids work it out. I'll tell you what. Yep. So. If uh, I were a teacher, I'd be, which I am, but if I was their teacher, I'd be, I'd be putting them uh, in group projects together. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Hey these, hey, these two just broke up. There's a lot of tension. Let's set them next to each other and just see what happens. <laughs> All right, guys. Your assignment today, write 10 nice things about the other person. Yeah. Turn, <laughs> turn to your partner. Tell me what you like about them. Okay, go. <laughs> Don't look at me. Look at them. Um, uh, okay. Do you have I, a rating? I had a, yes, I do. It was out of punches to Nick Fury. Ooh, Okay. Well, man, I really want to punch Nick Fury 10 times, but this was not a 10 out of 10 issue by any means. Um, I had this one at an 8 out of 10. I actually I actually liked it. I, I'll give lot. it a 7. It's I like it better than the um, last one, but yeah. This whole this whole arc is just a, it's a flop to me. Yeah, it 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 ended up kind of feeling that way myself. After reading it, I was like Gosh, I feel like it's been a couple arcs since we had a really good one. Yeah. And uh what what did we have? Was the last was the previous one like Gwen and Carnage? Was that the previous arc? Or I don't there, even there's know. There's been that... one since then. He's just been like Spider Man no mooring for a minute, hasn't he? But not even really. Like he just his Spider Man no more arc is just <laughs> I hate being Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. That's funny. I'll say this. I, in my mind, it does pick back up again. Like, we're in a bit of a lull right now, but there are eras of the book still that we that we have look, to look forward to that I just love. So, yeah. it's not like... any. Uh, it's It's only good for any, the beginning. Do we get any, like cool villains that haven't showed up yet? Or is it just okay. like, re like Green Goblin comes back, Doc Ock comes back, venom comes back you know there's a lot of that but yeah there's there's we some that some we haven't Mysterio? seen have we gotten mysterio yet dude remember he was in the spider-man movie yes i do remember i remember that mysterio yep bruce campbell uh, oh yeah oh that's what you were talking about i thought you were like the real movie with like jake gyllenhaal <laughs> no dude in the comic oh the that's one that right. kong was so in so that means, in theory, there is a Mysterio in this universe that that's, like, based off of? Or did they create that character for the movie, do you think? Ah, uh, dude, I don't know. We might just have to wait and see. Okay, so we do get Mysterio, it sounds like. I didn't say that and stop fishing for answers. <laughs> okay, well, if we don't get Mysterio, then just tell me. Because otherwise... Oh my so, god, we get Mysterio, okay? See, you ruin it, it for anyone see, else that's see, never read. I knew it. I hope you're happy. I am. Um, it's not anytime uh, soon. You'll forget that I even said that. Uh, okay. Um, you got anything else on these issues? I don't. Uh, next Me week, either. we are don't. in 78 and 79. Yep. I'm pretty sure it's just about Peter taking a fat sh two issues <laughs> you can cut that one if you want <laughs> he's like man this one's been brewing since i was in wolverine <laughs> oh, i haven't used the restroom in a week with all this fighting 
Uh, it's got okay, a Chris in we... the new house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. girl. Okay. Enough with the toilet humor. <laughs> uh, what else do we have? Um. So, John, I wouldn't know because, like we said, you're not on social media, but uh spotify wrapped came out do you use spotify do you have your oh like your uh your like best of the year or something right i always yes. look forward to that coming out although i've i've sort of got into this bad routine where all year i just listen to my wrapped from the previous years so so my next year is the same songs that you know oh yeah uh, but let's see. I would imagine. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say my most listened to thing will be a t- oh, 2023 wrapped. Do you know what that was a song from? No. Pop star never stop never stopping. Did he say Bin Laden? He said he said F Bin Laden. Have you ever seen that movie? I did. I watched it for the first time earlier this year, and I liked it. Not well, as good as Hot Rod, but no, it's not. The Lonely Island guys are just. Oh, it's great. Comedic and, geniuses. And that will tell you that I, I have listened to their uh, that album a lot. Uh, this thing's moving too slow, Zach. I'm sorry. Okay. We can come back to it, uh, and I'll tell you who my... Why? What were you going to say about yours? Oh, so I don't use Spotify, but uh, Apple Replay says my top artist this year was Relax My Cat. And I was like, what is that doing on there? And then I realized when we got Jubilee, she was so anxious for a few nights. Like we had her just in our bathroom and I just left my phone in there with like calming music for her. And it ended up being my number one artist of the year. That is so funny. Um, And then number three is Cat Music Dreams because it was also on that playlist. (laughs) That's awesome. Um. You know what my number one song is that I'm seeing right now? It says I listened to it 24 times, which I'm sure I listened to it more. What's that? The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Ooh. The impression that I get. <laughs> Their big hit. Probably the only song of theirs that I could tell you. Not probably. It is. Yeah. That's the song that makes me think of Zach. So you should yep. feel special. I, I do. Thank you. Did you know that song before me or no? did we just talk about ska and I, no. I showed that to you? So let's see. My my top five songs were. Yeah, that was when we were working. You put that one on. Oh, hell on yeah. Ska Day. I love that. Ska Saturday. I tried to make that yeah. a thing and it never took you off. You did make it a thing. I It was my thing and John kind of liked it and everyone else just rolled their Zach eyes. Zach got to play the music on Saturdays. And yeah, yeah, Zach and Zach played ska, which I can dig. And then yeah. everyone else was like, "Why aren't we listening to you know popular Travis music?" Scott. <laughs> yeah, Monday through Friday was thing. Travis Scott and Kendrick Lamar, and then Saturday was like Rancid and Boston. <laughs> okay, so let's see. My number two was Basket Case by Green Day. You can tell I had some ska playlists going here, or pop punk playlists or something, or some yeah. sort of punk, but classic. Love it. And then um, number three was Running Up That Hill, Make a Deal with God, the uh, Stranger Things song. If you know that one, do you yep. watch? Yeah. I knew number it before then, but yeah. Chain by Fleetwood Mac. And number five was Every Day by Buddy Holly. That one I listened to a bunch because there's a show called Good Omens. I think maybe I've talked to you about that before. Shiloh uh, watches it. It's so good, I think. And anyway, they play that in um in that 
show and it made me listen to it a bunch of times nice but i would imagine it's going to say my most popular artist was taylor swift because if it's not i can't imagine who it is yeah we've established before that john's a swifty yeah um you got anything else um i do so this is kind of a callback to something we were talking about before we pressed record uh we were running a sound test and john randomly said hey zach if i hum a theme from a movie do you think you can get it and i was like i mean i can try and then what what'd you do do it do it for the listeners okay i'll try yeah so that did not need that long he needed about two seconds of it and uh well it was funny because i it's obviously the duel of fates from star wars episode one duel of the fates duel of the fates i don't know I think they know what I'm talking dates. about. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, but I was just watching that movie on Monday and then we watched attack of the clones on Tuesday and probably tonight or tomorrow, we're going to watch revenge of the Sith. And yeah, that is really uh, funny timing. So it, yeah. And I even sent you a picture cause you said something, you sent me oh, something. You, did. you sent me. Yeah. Yeah. You sent me uh, a picture of Padme. Yes. John was, because reading... I said, John was reading V for Vendetta and sent me a picture of one of the panels and I sent him a picture of Natalie Portman on the TV, you know, as Padme. And I said, speaking of things that she was in. Wow. Yeah. Which was also pretty funny. Yeah. That's just coincidental timing. Yeah. Um, So V might say that there's no such thing as coincidence, only the illusion of coincidence. So I don't know, maybe, maybe even that's a coincidence or, or something. You know, that also sounds like something Master Yoda would say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I kind of want to see, like, V, like, hang out with the the Jedi Council and, like, talk to them and stuff. I feel like they would hate him, but I feel like Qui-Gon would love him, you know? <laughs> like, find a nice gray Jedi well, he's and be like... the best anyways, yeah. Yes, you know, the ends do justify the means sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what are your thoughts on the Star Wars prequels? Um, well, we got into this for like 12 seconds before we started filming. And I said that, you know, I, I find the the prequels very entertaining. I don't have any big issues with them. I'm also not like a diehard Star Wars fan. So, you know, I don't really care about them, but I think they're good and they're fun, especially two and three. Like those are very fun. They get a really bad rap. And the lightsaber fights in them are like awesome like the lightsaber fight in in three what is that one revenge of the sith is incredible yeah uh i think the older i get the more like the prequels in my mind become like real star wars like i care about them more and think they're a more interesting story like the corruption of anakin and all the power plays that palpatine does in my mind is like you know more big brained and like a better story than luke leia and han like blowing up the death star you know it's just yeah it's 
so weird how people, you know, act like those are bad movies. And I realized what it is. It's like, it's like 10 out of 10 world building, 10 out of 10 set design, 10 out of 10, you know, action, 10 out of 10, like grand, like plan for, for how everything happens. And it's just like the directing is a little bit off and the, script like george lucas should never write dialogue you know yeah and it feels like they rush certain things like these should have been seven hour movies and they would have kind of had the room to breathe and then they they edited them down to fit into like two and a half hours so something like really crazy will happen like anakin will be like i killed them all the women <laughs> and the children and then you'll just get like a hard cut to something else and the mood doesn't get a chance to like settle and but you know if you wanted to make them longer and just add little moments like that i think everyone would love the movies and yeah i think what's important about them still like holds up yeah i think they don't get as much hate as they like used to i'm pretty yeah, sure they're... like kind of general consensus is that like the prequels weren't as bad as everyone maybe like made them out to be there's um, been a, a reevaluation of them in recent years but i i'm going a step further and i'm saying i think they're better than the original trilogy dude i i was i was about to say the same thing and and maybe it's just because like the original tr trilogy is old and old things stink generally <laughs> they look like shit so i don't even it's think it's that joke, but i just but think this I think it's that a little bit. I think that they're just older and also older movies. Like they just move slower, you know, and they're just not as good. I don't think like they're not as fun um, or entertaining, which is like what a movie's supposed to be. I think like, you know, they were seen as like lightning in the bottle at the time because nothing had really done what they did, but they're, they're just, pulpy science fiction and george lucas was just kind of figuring himself out you know you can tell even with episode one that is the one that everyone makes fun of the most like when i watched that i was like yeah i get the sense this guy had whatever like 20 years 15 years to plan this movie and he, i think he did what he set out to do you know like and the, the best moments he could do was now this is pod racing. No, uh, again, he should never <laughs> touch dialogue. He should have hired someone out to do that for him. Take away the dialogue. Musa Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> the machinations are good, you know? And if you can, if you can take C-3PO seriously as a character, then Jar Jar Binks, you, you know, you can also take seriously as a character. Yeah. There's many. No, you know what? I promise you, when that movie came out, he was my favorite character. I had Jar Jar Binks, like, stuffed animals and, like, a little toy and everything. Like, I loved Jar Jar Binks, so. There's multiple comic relief characters in Star Wars, and people just acted like he was so ridiculous. He is ridiculous, you know, but um, it, it's not like, it's not like you put Dora the Explorer in, like, mission impossible like people were acting like he doesn't even fit in at all and you're like no i can buy that like in a big galaxy there's like one goofball gungan that gets wrapped up in some 
serious stuff. So, so the, the funny thing about that is that then you think about that and it's like, oh yeah, he, he's just a, like, he's a silly guy in, in the universe. And then it's like, oh yeah, but in the third movie, he's also the guy that like gives all of the power to the chancellor. <laughs> They're, oh yeah it's the second like, movie we're just gonna take is it the second one where they're like let's just, I just take advantage it. of this feeble brained jar jar binks to just give us all the power it is so understated every single scene that palpatine's in you can see how he's playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers and he'll be in a room full of smart competent people and he'll know exactly how to manipulate each one of them like He'll be in a room with like Yoda, Padme, Mace Windu, and Obi-Wan Kenobi. And you're like, surely all of these characters are capable of figuring him out. But he'll like do something that appeals to like Padme's sense of compassion and Yoda's quest for knowledge and uh, Obi-Wan's desire to be a good mentor to Anakin. He'll like say a line that like does all of those things and like so they don't it's so weird and mm, i even noticed are worth rewatching. I mean, they to, are i might need to check these out i even noticed again. a line early on in episode two where padme says like her whole political thing her whole position was opposing the creation of a military and then she goes away and like deputizes jar jar to take her vote and he didn't <laughs> know that that was like her entire political identity and he's the one who like cast the deciding vote to make the military it's like you couldn't make it up they just had so much faith in his good nature that they thought he could like handle politics and then he didn't like he gets he gets played oh my gosh jar jar <laughs> it's so How fun going back to would these. that universe be if jar jar binks wasn't there but but it's like they had uh palpatine had set so much up it's like they had to remove padme either she had stayed would have stayed for the vote and gotten assassinated or she had to leave and they give it to jar jar it's like he puts everyone in a position where he's playing both sides so he always comes out on top yeah well nice i'm glad you're getting uh enjoyment out of those yeah i didn't expect to rant about that that long but it's been no, it, it's I, been fun. Um. Well. Well. I know we touched on. I've been reading V for Vendetta because I because it finally came in the mail, and um, you know it's a it's a it's a good bit of fun. You know, it's it's kind of fun seeing the scenes from the movie. Like it's it's obviously the movie's not like a a perfect retelling of the of the story, but um, it's pretty similar. But there's there's a, a bunch of extra stuff in the book, just like there always is in books versus movies. Um, not as good as the movie, though. You know, we could just jot it down to old stuff being worse than new stuff. But um, it's just not quite as good. You know, there's just some excess fluff in there that that isn't like needed. And parts of it didn't age that well probably like um in the in the comic evie is 16 which might be the age of consent in england i'm not sure it might be legal but it's not ethical 
but either but either way it's it's still really off-putting to like it's just just make her 18 or 20 yeah. or, or whatever she is in the movie and then and then it's not weird watching this girl go out and like you know she's gonna do prostitution because she's needs money and it's a terrible world she lives in and 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 it's not as weird because she's not a child you know yeah um but it's but it's still pretty good you know i've got i'm about halfway through it so there's a lot left i i will say you know i have to i have to do a mia culpa because i think a couple weeks ago i said that alan moore v for vendetta was one of the things that he actually kind of liked of his nope i was wrong he hates it (laughs) Of course, I, that of didn't course. sound because right to me it, at the time. Because he hates everything that's been done of his work. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think the only thing he liked was like an episode adaptation of the Justice League cartoon. When I when I heard, because when I, I was doing some reading about it, and when I read that Alan Moore actually doesn't like the movie, I was like, "Oh my gosh, someone's going to comment in and yell at me." <laughs> For having the audacity, this like Alan Moore is gonna find this and be like, hey, actually, I, actually, I hate that, and now Dude, I also hate your podcast for saying that. If Alan Moore owns a computer, I bet he has every key phrase regarding comic books like blocked. <laughs> he doesn't even want to find our podcast. Yeah, he does. <laughs> He does. For a second, I thought you were going to say like he's like has it like ready to read at all. Like that's all he does is like search Twitter. But you're right. That no, guy man. does not ever want to read about his comics or anything. That industry chewed him up and spit him out, and he's bitter for it. Oh man, yeah, it's 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 sad because uh, he's good. The Killing Joke is really good, and and you know Watchmen is really good, and and V for Vendetta. I'm halfway through it, but it's it's pretty good, and it's like su- they're all such classics, you know. I didn't know you'd read Watchmen. Oh yeah, it's and like he, one of was my he favorites. Dark Knight Returns also was that Alan Moore too? Or uh, I think that was um, what's his name Frank. Yeah, you're right, Frank Miller. Yep, you're Frank right, Frank Miller. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I guess he was uh, upset that the movie is like more Americanized and everything. Um, but I don't know. I don't see it. They're both good, though. He's entitled to his opinions. And obviously, like he's he has valid reasons to be hurt. But I could see him just like nitpicking the movies like Def- he could see a, such a good adaptation and be like, I didn't care for the song they used in the credits. <laughs> Oh my gosh! That one is out so of ten. True. Um, but okay, so some some key parts that I have gotten to. So so one thing Alan Moore doesn't like first is uh, he says that the movie. So the comic is like very much like anarchy versus fascism, um, and the movie he says is more like neoliberalism versus neoconservatism and which is like what we have now in in america and i just don't buy that at all i don't think is a 100 percent fascist government and i think his i think his thought is that that v in the movie is not like an anarchist he's just like come on if if we all just do the right thing then then everything will be 
good, you know, kind of like sometimes you're like Democrats, they'd say, you've just got to go and vote, you know? And then it, <laughs> but that's not at all what he's, what that movie is like or the purpose of that movie. Like, dude, I, I love that movie. I could do a podcast on that. Like, I think it's so good. And it's like such a good story of like, you know, like one person like leading a revolution against a fascist government, which is exactly what the movie's supposed to be about. So I just yeah. don't see his criticisms with it when I was reading about it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it, it, he probably deep down in his heart just dislikes the fact that it was adapted more than he has yeah. any problem of how it was adapted. Yeah, I I think you're right that he probably like nitpicks everything. Like someone like says a line and he's like, that wasn't in the comic book. Yeah. And... Or like in his script, he'll like have, you know, oh, on their bookshelf, they have this, uh, this book about this or something, you know, yeah. uh, he's interested in Rasputin and that means this about his personality. And then it's like that book doesn't show up in a bookshelf on in the movie and he's like well, yeah he just didn't understand the character at all <laughs> yeah um but i'll we'll come back to it when i finish it and and we'll see how how it ends and everything hell yeah i probably need to pick it up and reread it too i haven't read it since Have i was read like, it i read it when i was in college i read pretty much every comic i could get my hands on at the isu library or at the uh books a million that was in town which was not a lot, um, but it was like it was, you know, classics like Watchmen and uh, V for Vendetta and none of the none of the DC stuff because DC's crap. <laughs> there's there's one there's one scene in the in the book that it's like one that I'm kind of referring to when I talk about like things that have like aged badly or, or it's just kind of weird seeing like a 16 year old be put in, in the same situation. You'd maybe normally see like a, a woman get put in, but she's like, she's, she's been taken back to V's like shadow gallery, just like in the movie. And, and uh, she's like, V I've been here for like weeks and it's okay that you haven't, but you haven't tried to sleep with me at all. And, and, do you just not like me or maybe you like boys or blah, blah, blah. And, and it never even gets mentioned this, is, but it's like, it's cause you're a child. Why doesn't <laughs> V just say that? He's like, no, it's cause you're a kid. Like, but, but I think it's because they're, she's not supposed to be because without looking it up, I would imagine that maybe the age of consent is just less. So it's like not a, thing to write about but it's weird to read about <laughs> there is also an unfortunate thing like historically in comics where they they just sexualize younger girls um it it might have been a a criticism of that i don't know i get it yeah, and the movie just so mixed up it. in my mind because it's been so long since i read the book and per my recollection they're just like so similar they they're they're pretty similar like uh yeah but but it's but it's just not as good like the the main guy the main the main dictator just does not hold a candle to john hurt like yelling in that movie he's just that that's who that's who is like uh whatever the main guy's name but it, it's just too good you know 
I really like that movie, Zach. I can't wait for next November the 5th. I feel like you've probably put a target on your back from someone who just loves Alan Moore and despises that movie. And I've put a target on my back <laughs> from the original Star Wars heads. <laughs> and there's someone yeah, out there well, who's... We're, yeah, we're gonna- <laughs> who's both of them and just wants to kill us both now he's just they're just steaming with anger <laughs> just don't understand the comic book <laughs> they're like sharpening a machete while they're listening to our <laughs> podcast she's 16 because blah 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 um okay i got one more thing to, to talk about here and then right. i don't know if you have anything else but the, the first doctor who episode came came out did you watch it at all i didn't um you can see it I, on disney plus it's on I disney know. plus i plan to i probably will watch it maybe this weekend definitely before we record again um but i figured since we weren't going to do that episode until the this little event wraps up i had some time yeah it's um Oh well, should I? It, it was pretty good. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it had its it had its moments that were that were pretty goofy that I won't talk about because maybe we'll we'll talk about them. Uh, like you know, we can get into details if you yeah. ever watch them. Um, but gosh, Zach, there is one scene where, if our listeners remember, when Zach when Zach said what he thought Doctor Who was about, I think your exact quote was. It's just someone like shouting random words and phrases, just that that's and pulling it. knobs and levers. <laughs> and dude, there is a scene in this episode where it made me laugh because that is exactly what they're doing. It's two characters and they are both just like bouncing off of each other, babbling incoherent science lingo and just pushing buttons and pulling knobs and i was watching it with my sister and i like paused it and i was like this is literally what zach told me he thinks of what he thinks of doctor who and i was like no dude it's not really like that like it's <laughs> and it it's is like exactly like that i've ever seen i had like never noticed it in such a way before <laughs> uh i love it you can't wait you will you will know you will know the scene i'm talking about because they're they're just saying nonsense (laughs) (laughs) i hate that now you're going to be looking for that and you're probably going to see it in every freaking episode i I probably um but it was pretty good i think neil patrick harris is in the next one and it's going to be a very good one i think cool well there's not really it's still a weeknight uh there's not really enough time for me to start the next star wars movie maybe i'll watch that episode tonight instead oh you should you should yeah all right do you got anything else man oh i don't have anything else do you i do not well then i guess it's time to say goodbye for another week sad um thank you to ian hickey for the music and Alyssa seaman for our artwork and thank you to all the webheads for listening and leaving us a review or an angry comment about zach and i's star wars and alan moore knowledge you can find us the first read ultimate spider-man podcast on spotify or apple music or anywhere else you listen to music or podcasts 
And you can come and chat with us and leave us a comment on Instagram at First Read Podcast. Send us an email at firstreadspidey at gmail.com or find us on YouTube, First Read Ultimate Spider-Man Podcast. See you next week. See ya.